0: Sorry to bust your bubble, it's Radio Gripe. Uh, welcome back to the show. We're doing it again. I am uh, one of your hosts, I am Joe.
1: I'm the other one of your hosts, Jen. Thanks for joining us.
0: And uh, yeah, we're, we're going to try out a few different opening catchphrases, uh, kind of see what sticks. Who knows, maybe it'll be the same thing twice ever. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, this is Radio Grape. This is our general discussion show where we get into mainly a lot of current events, but it's really just whatever uh, happens to tickle our fancy or invoke dread or whatever it might be.
1: It's whatever the fuck we want to talk about. Yeah.
0: And uh, we're back for another great weekend. A lot of stuff been going on. But first, hey, Jen. Hey, Joe. How's it going?
1: Good. This is our check-in because it's not like we live with each other. Uh
0: What's going on with you? Oh, nothing too much. Uh, I don't know if we've uh, mentioned this on the last week's show or whatever, two weeks shows ago. Um, I have this newer job uh, that I've just really, really been all about. Uh, I'm a repair technician. I work on coffee equipment and all kinds of things. And, uh, I'm, I'm really loving it. I'm loving this new job and my new people. And
1: I've noticed. I think it's great.
0: Yeah. It's like I've turned over a whole new leaf, uh, in a way, but, uh, also with that, I am now a commuter and I drive about, uh, 70 miles all in all every day to and from work, including, uh, however many miles I have to put on driving around to do work, which uh,
1: is sometimes quite a lot
0: sometimes a lot I have to drive even further to another place to go do work. Uh, but that's all well and good. It just, you know, it sucks being on the road and being, uh, the villain and other people's story sometimes, um, <clears throat> because there's a lot of angry people and, uh, no matter how, how good you're driving or think you're driving, somebody going to get mad at you.
1: It makes me wonder if way back in the day when Taylor was first established, were people that angry on horses?
0: I, uh, you know what? I think that's what a lot of the Wild West violence was about. It was probably. <laughs> yeah. It's commuting. about commuting. You know, sometimes somebody wrangles your horse and that'll make you mad. And then just other times people aren't changing horse lanes or whatever. Sure. You know, um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably it. I think so. Yeah. And so, we still
1: have shootouts over commutes. We today. still have
0: shootouts over over commuting to this day. It's a grand American tradition. Uh, no, it's sad that this is how everybody just accepts it it's what life is. but uh what's what's new with you? What's going on?
1: Well, it's been hot, very hot. Yeah, I had an opportunity to leave Texas during August. And I chose to leave in May and October. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And that
1: was foolish. That was yeah. a foolish decision. Yeah. I'm stuck here right now. Well, In fact, uh, someone posted this in our Austin on Reddit. The Williamson County Constable Precinct, uh, number four, had posted a weather advisory. Uh, PCT4 weather advisory meteorologists advise a cold front is pushing into the area tonight. Temperatures are not expected to get out of the mid-90s tomorrow and could possibly decline uh, to the mid-70s uh, oh, at night by early Saturday morning.
0: See, this is going to strain ERCOT too much. We're going to have a grid failure again because it's going to get too cold.
1: Please take the necessary precautions now. Remember the three Ps, pipes, pets, and plants. If you're cold, they're cold. Smiley face, have a great day. Hashtag enjoy the break. So I appreciate that the person doing the weather updates... <laughs> for the Wilco Precinct 4 has a good sense of humor.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe not a good one, but they have one.
1: Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. No, but I do work outside, uh, in the heat. I don't know. It's harder. Emotions can get high when the, both the heat and the humidity levels are so fucking high. And people, people are so kind sometimes. Um, I had a customer whose house I was treating, I work in pest control, uh, just greet me at the door with like a sugar-free green iced tea that's sweet, which happens to fit into my weird diet that I'm on right now. Um, Another one greeted me with an uh, ice water that had sugar-free electrolytes in it. Uh, Prior to that, yeah, there was an old woman in her 80s on a fixed income who put a rose uh, in a little uh, plastic Topo Chico bottle vase beside my equipment while I was treating her uh, crawl space. It was beautiful. She said she splurged on it. I really appreciated it. And then yesterday at the. Oh no.
0: God damn it, Maybe. Harvey.
1: Harvey. Harvey's trying to tear the art off the wall. There was a grocer at my favorite grocery store in Crestview, Austin. When I. Went to ring up my groceries and realized that I lost my credit card. He paid for my groceries. He, like, insisted on paying for my groceries, which I was so hot and frustrated at this point. I almost teared up. Like, I was overwhelmed by the kindness of human nature. Yeah, yeah. I went looking for him today, actually, uh, with $15 to pay him back, and I he, – he was not there, which made me realize I don't even know his name. Hmm. But I'm gonna to try to find him tomorrow. I think I still have some Amy's gift cards and Alamo gift cards.
0: Those things never expire.
1: They literally don't. There's no expiration date on yeah. it.
0: But this will mess with your weird diet because your diet is only Amy's ice cream.
1: Nope, can't eat Amy's. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put those in an envelope with fifteen dollars to give to him to try to thank him for helping me out.
0: Your your so weird nice. your weird diet is uh, leaves and rocks. No bigger than 1.5 millimeters yep. across.
1: Only sugar-free rocks that are <laughs> digestible. Yeah. And leaves, of course.
0: That's a weird diet.
1: Yeah, it's working for me. But yeah, I wanted to start off with a comment about the kindness of human nature, because we're going to get into some dark shit on this show, of course, as always.
0: As always. And on that note... Sorry, she's looking my toes. <laughs>
1: She's licking your toes. She's licking
0: my toes and playing with paper. <laughs> she's just being generally disruptive.
1: We haven't, we have a kitten in the studio. <laughs> guys.
0: Yeah. Harvey's still here. Y'all, uh, for long time listeners. Uh, she's only gotten a little bit bigger, but a lot more rambunctious.
1: She's definitely still a kitten.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I, 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 I need to say though, of course, uh, Welcome to Radio Gripe, and keep in mind that all of the things that we talk about here are uh, solely the product of our own disillusionment and uh, do not reflect KBSR or any of its other DJs or any of its uh, paying members. Um, you can, of course, get at us, and please do. Yeah, if if you got anything that you'd like to say, if there's uh, anything
1: we've said so far about kittens or the kind the kindness of human nature, do please complain
0: at, at- we're trying show at gmail.com. I know that that's, that's old people stuff. We're also on Instagram. It's radio gripe TX. Uh, yeah, hit us up there. Um, you know, I've just want to say uh, real quick, being aware of Alex Jones and hearing, uh, some of the uh, things Jesus. that he says, I'm kind of surprised that we take it easy. We don't say too many outlandish things because you can fucking say anything. You can be as crazy and, insightful to violence as as you want to be basically I will cut my and that only gets you fingers support, off right uh,
1: fucking now to prove
0: for what reason
1: that my audience means so much to me and i have not received eight million dollars from my audience mm. in crypto yeah but if i did yeah I would ditch a pinky.
0: You know, that's the funny thing is, uh, for Alex Jones to, which, as he did recently, this is not just, uh, our own shit. He actually, just recently, you know, he talked about, he brandished a knife and talked about, uh, how easy it would be to sacrifice a finger for, uh, all of his listeners and for everything else. And I just want to go on the record saying, no, you fucking wouldn't. You're a liar and a fraud. Uh, Alex Jones would not cut off a finger for $8 million. He wouldn't do it for his movement. He wouldn't do it for any reason whatsoever. He will only talk about doing it because he is a lying piece of shit. Anyway, Alex Jones, get at us. Radio Cripe TX.
1: Remember the finger cutting scene in Four Rooms? Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm.
1: That was the uh, Quentin Tarantino. That was the
0: Tarantino bit.
1: And yeah, they really built up the tension. It's even if you're drunk at a party and someone has cash money in front of you. Yeah. I I forget what it was. I think it was a a couple Gs, maybe. I forget. I wouldn't cut my finger off for less than a thousand.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, four rooms. Tarantino at his best when limited to 15 minutes or less.
1: This is not a Tarantino movie, y'all. He's just one of the four directors. Uh, Also Rodriguez. This is
0: why I'm saying it's at his best, because he didn't make the whole movie. (laughs) He, he Shitting going, was, on
1: Quentin Tarantino,
0: what the fuck? I know, I'm feeling sassy. Apparently. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh getting into it, uh, you know, we're doing the show bi-weekly now, so there's plenty of things that'll kind of pass through attention before we finally get around to talk about them. But So you might have heard about this already, and you might have done some Wikipedia-ing or, or whatnot. Maybe you've listened to another fine podcast that's talked about this. There's a few I've listened to, but I've had my own interest in this uh, for a while. The Georgia Guidestones, Jen, do you know much about the Georgia Guidestones? I'm sure you know some stuff.
1: (laughs) Just a a little bit. Uh, That it was a monument that was erected... uh, What? It's been around for a minute, right?
0: It's been around about 40, 41 years.
1: Okay. (laughs) So a minute. Uh, 41 years uh, in Georgia. Uh, I've never heard about it until recently, and I have to assume that's because of the sort of direction that society is going So the Georgia Guidestones are four sort of slabs or obelisks Mm -hmm. that were erected that have advice on them. uh, It's an advice column. (laughs) uh, Kind of for how to rebuild society. I'm thinking that whoever, uh, because we don't, we actually don't know for sure who commissioned these uh, to have them built but whoever commissioned them sort of felt that society would self-destruct at some point. And these huh. monuments have advice for rebuilding society on them.
0: Right. So.
1: And there's four of them.
0: Can yeah. Can I say that? There's yeah. There's four. Uh, let's flesh that out a little bit. So there are, there are four guide stones uh, that are standing up essentially and a capstone at the top of it. And I believe it, it all sits on a very large granite base that is all one slab. So technically six slabs of granite, but, uh, four that stand upright. The, the person who made this, who has gone by the uh, pseudonym RC Christian, uh, has said as much as he had said that he had recently visited, uh, Stonehenge over there across the pond and wanted something to kind of rival that. But you know, this, his thing that I guess old man mad about Stonehenge was, is that there was no message given for Stonehenge. It's a big mystery and nobody knows what it was for, right? You know, people deduce what it's for. So he was more straightforward what, about- Wait,
1: what was it for? It.
0: Uh, Stonehenge? Uh, well, people say that beyond being a, uh, a place of ceremony, it was used to be a, uh, calendar and, yeah. Uh, like a lunar calendar and solar calendar. And depending on where the shadows fall, uh, at different times a year, that kind of tells you. Yeah. It's, it's basically a calendar is what many people say, you know, it's was, was the idea behind it. Of course, things happened to Stonehenge, uh, over the millennia. And so we have an idea of what it looked like originally. We can kind of make reconstructions, but it's mostly still intact. One of many hinges, I'm just going to say. Plenty of hinges out oh, there. Oh, sure, yeah. It's just it's the only one as complete as it is that still stands. So this dude, uh, he, he he makes his way back to the States, and he uh, wants to do something along these lines. Uh, so this guy, he goes to a local granite place that uh, they have, you know, a, a quarry and everything, and they make custom order slabs of uh, granite, and he commissions this piece. Now, the owner of the uh, company initially, he thought that this dude was off his rocker and he gave him a really high quote and he told him basically, you know, I think what you're kind of proposing is kind of crazy. And uh, But
1: the guy came with cash money.
0: This dude came with cash and disappointment in hand because he was just like, oh, you don't see how important this is. And so he paid what was quoted him. I don't know what that number is. It's, it's irrelevant. Uh, but yeah, he, he paid to have this done, but also wanted to make sure that it was done anonymously. Right. Mm-hmm. So you'll hear references to, I'll, I'll say this guy, Christian, uh, that's who we're talking about. That is the pseudonym that was left behind. So that was in like 1979. They commissioned it and they ended, they built it from 79 to 80. And I think in 1980 was when they first opened. Right. So it's for, Huge grand slab standing up uh, with the capstone, and uh, it's meant to serve not only as a calendar, a compass, uh an a rival to Stonehenge, uh, and also kind of a contemporary slabs of Moses, because it has all these inscriptions on it, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um there are cause it has ten commandments. Each one of those list of ten is in eight different languages, right? There's uh English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, uh, modern Chinese—I think—is how the they said it—and Russian. I don't really know that we need to go over every single thing. All those commandments.
1: Well, I will say the only reason I know about this is that it's attracted ne- uh, some negative attention from right. the right wing recently. So,
0: okay, there's a few things that are of note on these—you uh, know, the, these tips for the future this guy's version of future hacks right on one thing it says you know uh guide humanity wisely and keep population underneath i think he said 5 million Mm -hmm. or 500 million might have been 500 million uh i think the, the global population is somewhere between 7 and 8 billion um not he, to, he might not have understood. Not to be
1: a dick, but if humanity was wiped out completely and they had to rebuild, I, I might actually give the same type of advice.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm
1: not, I'm not saying that I'm on board with this dude. And but. that's
0: the thing is that you know, in 1979, uh didn't look up what the population was at that point, but I'm sure that he probably didn't have a good understanding of what population growth would be over the next you know 30 to 40 years. But also, this was done during the cold war. So as far as he was concerned, uh, the end of everything was probably kind of right around the fucking corner anyway. Hmm. So, so saying that to keep the population under 500 million and, and guide reproduction wisely, uh, that's something that comes up again and again as like, you know, maybe it's, it kind of sounds like eugenics, doesn't it? Uh, it kind of sounds a little new world ordery or something. It does a little bit. Yeah. Um, there are certain other things, basically he's saying like, you know, always leave room for nature, you know, uh, he, there's one part, which is actually good advice. He says, you know, rule all things, uh, with tempered reason. Yeah. It's, it's all a little, whatever kind of like sound stuff, but there's those lines about population that have really stuck in people's craw. So ever since the inception of it, there has always been this kind of misunderstanding uh from especially conservative christians who think that this is
1: satanic
0: satanic they think that it he, is a luciferian new are you world sure order. it's a
1: misunderstanding i mean the guy's well, name was christian
0: his the guy's stu- name his pseudonym. the guy's pseudonym rc christian people so there have, you go look so about this guy's name i guess we'll actually get to it now uh There was a documentary done some time ago, and uh, I think one of the guys from Stuff They Don't Want You to Know was part of this. Uh, Yeah, so the banker who helped secure some of the finances and everything, he was interviewed in a documentary years and years later, right? And uh, he went through some of the correspondence, written correspondence that he had with this anonymous person, R.C. Christian. So the documentarians were able to see and get a little bit on video a uh, return address on where these letters were from somewhere in Ohio, I think.
1: That seems a little devious.
0: Hey, that's this is what documentarians do. It's not like you can ask to be off the record. But yeah, this guy is going in f- over the correspondence in front of them and in, in a running camera. And uh, they also see the postmarks, so they see around what time this mail passed through the system with this return address. Obviously, from there, you're able to go and look at some records and everything. They find the property, and they find out who was owner during that time. The name of the person who owned the property from the correspondence during that time was Herbert Henze Kirsten. Funny story, Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-E-N, is a low German variant of Christian. Now, some people in their endless conspiring have said that uh, Kirsten is a – or no, R.C. Christian is supposed to be like Rosicrucian, and it it proves the involvement of the Masons or something. Uh, People have gone all over the place. But there's a person by the name of Herbert Henze Kirsten, which is a low German variant of Christian, who actually has ties to this situation, right? Okay. So it's it's believed basically that this guy, Hurston, was R.C. Christian.
1: I mean, I'm sure 40 years ago when he came up with this, a clever pseudonym, he never would have pictured clever. the effort that people would put into uh, um, discovering his identity. He
0: could not have foreseen the internet, especially if he thought the world was about to end.
1: Which it still is.
0: Here's the thing. In this guy, Kirsten's obituary, because he had passed some time ago, it had mentioned that he was uh, a naturalist who was very involved in environmental and world population issues. Right? So there's a local historian. Uh, I forget what his name is, but this historian who knew this guy personally had also talked with the documentary, say like a human, the documentary makers. And, uh, he had confirmed that he was, you know, very interested in uh, issues of world population and, you know, nature and law and and everything else and was also, uh, yeah, he was a Christian and had these ideas that man was going to kind of destroy itself and that there's a chance to kind of rebuild the world and more in line with, uh, you know, God's wishes. Uh, incidentally, he is he was the, these parts about eugenics and, and breeding and everything. Yeah. He was also a white supremacist and he was a friend of David Dukes. He put out there a whole lot that he thought the white race was superior and cool. everything. It's so funny. He was the, the quote about him by this person that, that knew him personally. So many
1: people would look at the cradle of humanity and say, Nope, <laughs> not those people.
0: The other thing that uh, the the quote about him is that he is racist to his fingertips, which is okay. that's a strong way to say it. I kind of like that to to call somebody out and say to their fingertips.
1: So, what is the reason we're talking about the Georgia Guidestones right now?
0: Oh yeah, they was recently blown up. Oh, they blew it up. <laughs> Some people blowed those them, it up those maniacs. Yeah, they the blew maniacs it up. are one chance <laughs> at a. Christian eugenic future that all the fucking conservatives wanted. And no, well, the I mean, honestly, he should have been a little more
1: explicit if that's what he wanted.
0: It's, yeah, he probably should have just outed himself and his true intentions with it. It might have actually still, it might still be standing. There might be more of them across the nation. Um, so there was even a, a recent, I want to say she was trying to get in the house of representatives or she was trying to get on a local government seat. Uh, this lady Candace Taylor, I think is her name. Her whole approach is Jesus, guns, babies. I think in that order, I think the guns would come before the babies. Jesus comes first.
2: Well duh. And then I can't
0: remember if guns or babies are more important, but those are her three most important things, right? And she, uh, <laughs> she on Twitter, she said going to be dropping executive order number 10. If I get into office, this is what I'm going to do in executive order 10. She talks about later is going to be the demolition of the Georgia Guidestones because she believes in a Luciferian New World Order, you know, kind of a la Alex Jones style. Um, and she thinks that these Guidestones, she thinks that this is a satanic monument.
1: Well, does she have an alibi?
0: Good question. I don't know. Um, but also I know that she lost the race she was trying to be in. Now, if that happened before the destruction of those monuments, then her whereabouts during that time are actually of interest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The, uh, there was like a trail cam essentially set up that actually captured the explosion, and it also captured, a surrounding camera captured I saw, a, I
1: actually saw the footage. a uh,
0: white car, uh you know, leaving the scene. So investigators got a little bit to go on, but also I think the only reason they would trace that and try to prosecute it is because it was a big tourist draw.
1: Hell yeah, and it was a on, big tourist draw. What else thing. would people go to that part of Georgia for? It's
0: technically on public land. Uh Yeah, this whole deal. Um So... So there Basically, is there
1: is a person who was elected to the House of Representatives uh, from Georgia. That's Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. She did that come out and wild. say, while she doesn't support like terrorist bombings or whatever. Disclaimer. Um, she, and that's just like
0: me saying, don't look at the other people in KBSR when I talk shit,
1: definitely thinks that this is a good thing because it sends a message that we will not tolerate the new world order, etc. cetera. Isn't it
0: funny how our disclaimers are absolving other people's responsibility and, and, uh, Republican disclaimers are trying to distance themselves from the radical ideologies they support. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny yeah uh so Georgia Guidestones has been in the news uh because this honestly this like uh racist and uh weird eugenic christian apocalyptic nut job monument was wrongly interpreted. By his contemporaries.
1: Well, I don't, think and
0: it's been it's been destroyed. I don't
1: think leftists are uh, lining up to def- to defend the monument either. However, uh, of the four Georgia guidestones, each one with the same message printed on either side in different languages, which one was blown up, babe?
0: Um. Well, I I don't know if they're numbered in any special way, but I can tell you it was the one that had Hebrew on it.
1: Hmm interesting
0: yeah i mean so there's that because there was only enough to be clear there was only enough explosive uh to damage one of the large slabs uh the trust that manages it or uh, you know the state safety commission or whatever decided to take it down because there were now safety concerns over it collapsing absolutely um and they probably didn't want to invite more because also it's been vandalized a few times over the years. Spray paint comes off. One of them, uh, they, they threw a bunch of like lacquer or epoxy on it or something, uh, which doesn't really come off so easily. So, so it, it has a history of being viewed, uh, in this, in this dark light. And it's just so funny to me because it's like, no man, that's, that's your boy. What, that's your boy, right that's there. That's your
1: boy. What's funny to me is it was meant to survive the apocalypse, and it could not uh-huh. survive 2022. Oh, also, man! oh man, I got him. Have seen some creepy monuments that are made out of granite, and uh, it was in Salt Lake City
0: when oh, I yeah. traveled there with you, Gilgal Garden.
1: They have cryptic messages printed on them
0: that are from uh, the uh, Book of Mormon. Yeah. yeah. The, well, the, the Broadway play.
1: I guess it's not cryptic if you're Mormon, but it's cryptic if you're me. <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, there's, there's a certain creep value. Uh, yeah. and at the same time, I love it. Of course. If I'll,
0: I'll, I'll put some pictures up, uh, that we took of Gilgal Garden on the, uh, Instagram there. So you can see the man with his brick pants and <laughs> all these, all these various Masons. body parts Duh. and huge grasshoppers. If everything is taken to scale. Yeah, anybody that's lived in Salt Lake has been to Gilgal Gardens at or, or around midnight and bumped into somebody else and been like, "Oh hey, no, it's cool. We're going to go do our thing over here. It's fine." There's and there's a, there's probably occasionally like, "Do you want do you want to smoke a joint?" You know, there's probably there's people There's a sphinx, and right? There.
1: Uh There is
0: a sphinx with Joseph Smith's face on it if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um yeah, it's fucking wild, dude. But is, <coughs>
1: That's – I right I scrambled the, uh, on top of that, which I'm not trying to be disrespectful to I, holy monuments generally. If you but. recall,
0: I sent you pictures of myself one time where I was uh riding the Sphinx like I was a cowboy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I, got, I got one of those of me, although I wasn't, like, tossing my 10-gallon hat in the No, air. yeah, you
0: got to be waving your hat around and, uh, you know, either, either view it as, like, on a horse or on an atomic bomb a la – Dr. Strange love.
1: I was wearing a black mini dress though, which is like so
0: disrespectful
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> to the Mormons probably. I don't know. Where are my Mormons at? Get out of here. We're trying to show at, at gmail.com. Uh-huh.
1: I don't know if they're going to rebuild or re erect because for no. They, yeah. they might because for Got 40 it. years this has been a source of income for this small georgia town
0: so yeah we can do this where uh what what do we suppose is going to be there next i imagine there is going to be a jesus centric monument built in instead um, Where are they going to get the money? Because people this was had, paid
1: for by a philanthropist. Other people
0: had commissioned in the past to erect a monument with the biblical Ten Commandments.
1: Yeah, so you think they're going like, to cr- they're going to crowdsource
0: of they're like let's have look we can't have this here let's make sure we have some Jesus monuments to like fight the fucking okay, evil power. I'm not going to lie. Now that this thing's gone, I can guarantee if they build something in its stead, it is going to be Christian. It
1: sounds really boring. Yeah. The world is just becoming so much more boring In interesting, but in the worst fucking way.
0: Well, uh, as they used to say, I hope you live in interesting times. Um, it's
1: a curse.
0: Rest in peace, Shinzo Abe. Pretty sure he's one that coin that.
1: You're just saying that because that's on your list of things that talk about.
0: It is literally on my list of things. I'm like trying to pivot. Hey everybody, Joe here. I uh, just got a little bit of a station break for you. We just want to take a moment to say thanks to KBSR. Uh, KBSR, you might recall, is fully independent and listener-supported. And uh, we got this whole Patreon thing that helps keep it all rolling out. Uh, it's good to be back on the network, and we are very thankful to uh, some of those Patreon people that have still been on, even though we've been gone. Uh, we had always intended to come back, just kind of, you know, things... Uh, But yeah, you can go look for uh, Black Sparrow Radio on Patreon. Uh, There's also, you know, BlackSparrowMusicParlor.com that has all kinds of stuff about the network and the venue and everything else. Uh, We also want to say thanks to Trevor and the Mental State Fair for that song Dying in Texas that you're going to hear on the intro and the outro. Good good stuff. Good to hear it again. Um, And of course, thanks to our man Alex Cuervo of Spectrostatic for giving us a lot of music to listen to here and there yeah uh everybody get at us uh uh, on the instagram radio gripe tx on instagram Uh, we do have an email it's gonna be we're trying show at gmail.com and uh yeah let us know how you're digging all right well uh that's all for that let's get back to the show
1: Warning to anyone listening, I do feel like we have to talk about Uvalde. Security camera footage was released uh, from the Uvalde school where the mass shooting took place <clears throat> that claimed 21 victims. The Austin American Statesman and uh, KVU published leaked surveillance footage from inside the school. If you haven't seen it because you cannot bring yourself to watch it, I understand. There's a few things you should know, which is that they chose to edit out the screams of children, although you can still hear gunshots. And the other thing you should know is that without context for what's happening, that people are dead and dying. Children. What it looks like is an increasing number of cops milling around a hallway. Mm. With an increasing amount of tactical gear on, ballistic shields, kind of bored and waiting. Hmm. Have you seen it?
0: No. uh, No, I, I did not watch that.
1: So the mayor of Uvalde, so they've taken some flack for even releasing it. The mayor of Uvalde has come out and called them chicken shit. Uh, He says the journalists and the media are chicken shit and they've only released it for ratings. And actually, the main reason they're chicken shit is because they just want ratings and because the parents haven't had a chance to privately view it. The edited footage, extra edited footage that the the cops wanted to show them.
0: I couldn't disagree with that, uh, that the media is only looking to be the first to break the story or or if not the first, uh, the sixth. Or the 12th, or well, whatever.
1: No one has released the footage, and it's been almost two months since the shooting.
0: No, sure. Uh, I would I-
1: recommend anyone that believes in uh, freedom of journalism and that there should be a public audience for this kind of thing uh, go ahead and subscribe to the Austin American Statesman. You can also watch the footage uh, free. Because they don't put that kind of thing behind a paywall uh, when they deem it to be of public importance. Right.
0: Well, that would be pretty grim, you know. Um, I, I just want to say, yeah, my, my complaint there is that, uh, it's, it's the way the media acts. I do think it's bullshit that the police and the local governing body has not released this footage before or offered it to the parents. Oh, but they were just about know? to do
1: it like oh, a day. They were oh. going to do it like a day later. Oh, sure. It was like two days later. They were already yeah. planning to release it, it was, to the parents. It
0: was scheduled to be released to the parents. No, and, it wasn't. You know, I mean,
1: no, it wasn't because they had two fucking months to release this footage. This is right. complete Well, they say, they say bullshit. it was scheduled
0: to release them. Yeah, we've seen, we've seen nothing but shitty, shitty attitudes and The Austin American Statesman reached
1: out to the parents of, uh, the families of the victims and, uh, obviously they said they were about to do this. And one of the requests of the parents was to mute the screams of the children, which they also had already chosen to do because, Mm -hmm. uh, executive editor Manny Garcia of Austin American Statesman said he felt it would be too graphic. But he also felt like the footage itself was in the public interest to bear witness to history, uh, adding transparency and unrelenting reporting is the way to bring change. Uh, I I watched the city council meeting in which they were debating with a guy who whose name apparently is Adam, where Adam says, chicken shit? What about the cops? Mm. What are they? Right. You have no words to condemn the cops.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, at which point, at some point, someone on the city council says, "Adam, <laughs> enough. <clears throat> you're only you're only hearing what you want to hear at this point." Because you know he goes on to say, "You have praised the actions of the cops, and what we're seeing looks like <laughs> inaction."
0: Yeah. Is maybe that why you're mad about people watching it? Is that it? why
1: you're mad? Is that why you're mad, bro? Unfucking fucking believable And the reason the families have not seen this video for going on two months is because Mayor Don McLaughlin... I'm going to guess that's how his name is pronounced.
0: Sounds shitty enough to uh, be true.
1: ...in cooperation with Uvalde PD has been blocking it from release. Along with the 911 records, body cam, and car cam footage... And communications among state and local and federal agencies, death records, ballistic reports, uh, in spite of over 70 public information requests. Right. Which is legal for them to do. Usually a FOIA, it'll take some time, but it'll r- reveal what you're looking for because that is public information.
0: Right. No, I mean, you would think it, uh, something that affects the community in this way. You would think that there would, it would kind of just take precedent amongst local law enforcement Mm -hmm. and governing bodies. Uh,
1: in this instance, because the suspect is dead mm
0: -hmm. and there will
1: not be a trial.
0: Oh, you mean that loophole that they pulled out kind of forever as the reason to not mention anything? A law that was designed to shield victims of crimes. Yep uh wherein a, a person while there is an ongoing investigation, a person that is involved in that investigation in any way can be held anonymous uh because there's an ongoing investigation. They have used that to hold off on giving any information out for fucking months now. It's been I like two think, months.
1: I think that either they were waiting for another mass shooting that would be more egregious and upsetting, for public interest to diminish in this one, That's
0: fucking, dark.
1: or they were planning to just hopefully never release any information.
0: Maybe never. Maybe they were gonna, yeah, try to pull a Chody and uh, fucking shred some tapes in the back room.
1: I mean, the big bad guy that initially emerged uh, was uh, chief of police of Uvalde. It's
0: so Arredondo, uh,
1: Arredondo. Yeah. Who was one of the first people on the scene. He is the chief of police. Obviously, we see more agencies. Well, I
0: know that he is also... He He's lead of the specific division of local police that are meant to be security for the schools. Did you know that? Yes. Like, A, pretty fucked up that we got to have the police do that, which we don't have to, but we choose to. Uh, but yeah, B for this dude to say that he didn't know who the commanding fucking officer was. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. He's the head. He's the head of school security. But he's
1: local. Obviously other, other.
0: So is the school. Police
1: forces <laughs> like, started. What the fuck? began to arrive as we can see in the footage. Oh yeah. Other yeah. cops start to trickle in wearing various.
0: We know that old trope about how, you know, a cop is doing something another cop shows up and they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. Is this your jurisdiction? I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's the like, old trope. That's, that's old, absolutely That's it. how
0: it goes with cops. We all know that.
1: Yeah, no nobody of some higher uh agency ever tries to take command of a situation as we know from the old tropes. Yeah. So we know so, uh, so Aaron Dano did a uh interview with the uh Texas Tribune June 6th. Uh he said he was one of the first on scene. He was very concerned. He grabbed his uh, weapon, didn't have any gear, any, like, body armor, and he also chose to leave his radio behind, his radios behind, uh, because he knew uh, they might not work in the school anyway, and also they would impede his running. Uh, he also at no point considered himself in charge of the situation and never gave any orders That's, or commands.
0: That much is clear.
1: So, I guess with these 20 some cops that we saw in the video, uh, nobody, nobody was in charge. Mm. Um, until apparently the Border Patrol agents showed up and the New York Times reported that they dismissed, they ignored an order to stand down and not do anything that they actually did. Mm -hmm. They went, they forced their way into the room and shot the, shot the shooter, right?
0: Yeah. And they were told to stand down.
1: Uh, By whom? The, well. Do we know? Nope. We hmm. do not. We do not. Originally, it was reported that Aaron Dondo said that. He says he did not. And they there's no proof of who said that. that hmm. There's been so much misinformation surrounding this whole thing.
0: Yeah, it's fucked up.
1: Regarding the Texas Tribune interview with Aaron Dondo, this is the Texas Tribune interview they did with aaron Dondo, both after and before he went into like permanent hiding okay only a locked class this is how the article starts only a locked classroom door stood between pete aaron and a chance to bring down the gunman it was sturdily built with a steel jam impossible to kick in he wanted a key One goddamn key, and he could get through that door to the kids and the teachers. The killer was armed with an AR-15. Arredondo thought he could shoot the gunman himself, or at least draw fire while another officer shot back, but without body armor, he assumed he might die. He says, "...the only thing that was important to me at this time was to save as many teachers and children as possible." He called for tactical gear, and a sniper, and keys to get inside. Holding back from the doors for 40 minutes to avoid provoking sprays of gunfire. But when keys arrived, he tried dozens of them. One by one. They failed to work. Each time I tried a key, I was just praying, he said. Finally, 77 minutes after the massacre began, officers were finally able to unlock the door and fatally shoot the gunmen. Fuck.
0: Kidding me. This dude fucked with keys for over an hour.
1: It's... Oh, it's
0: kind of worse than that.
1: But yeah, let's say they fucked. Let's say, let's say their story is that they fucked with keys for over an hour. There's been a lot of misinformation ever since this happened. I know Greg, Greg Abbott, uh, initially came out and praised the officers, uh, that were present and said it could have been a whole lot worse. More kids could have been killed, right? Than the fucking almost 20 kids that were. He withdrew his praise and said he was misled. Uh, by false information that was being uh, put out. To his face, apparently. Mm. Arenado had said at the time, he also didn't have his radio with him. Right, He left it behind.
0: I remember this being he a talking point. He was
1: in such a hurry to get to the scene because he was in such a hurry. He knew he had his pistol. Uh, he knew that the radios don't work inside the schools all the time. I don't know, lead paint or something. Mm. And uh, also his clip... Was broken, so he knew it might be jabbing him or he might lose it <laughs> on a, a vigorous run. Uh-huh. A long, vigorous run. Okay. This man does not have radio contact with anyone during the duration, according to his interview with the Texas Tribune. He does not have radio right. contact with any other agency or 911 or just at all. The story initially is that a teacher left the door open for the 18 year old shooter to enter. That's one of the first things that turned out not to be true. She did shut the door. As soon as she saw the shooter, it failed to lock it latched, but it didn't lock. Also, one of the first stories that came out was that there was an officer engagement with the shooter before he entered the building.
0: I remember that also being said
1: that turned out not to be true at all. Hmm. Uh, The shooter crashed his car and then peacefully entered the building Right. Uh, based on what we know right now, which is subject to change. So the Tribune included expert analysis in their article, testimony from a police tactics officer who said, intentionally ditching your radio as a cop responding to an emergency situation. He said, I've never heard of anything like that in my life. It is inexplicable and that officers are trained never to abandon their radios. He also said he felt it was inconceivable that the Uvalde officers did not have a plan to access any room in that building or campus or barricaded shooter before they went in. The other thing we've heard is that Arundondo treated the situation as a barricaded shooter rather than an active shooter, which right. has never made sense to anyone listening to the situation, especially because
0: I've heard it justified as considering it a hostage situation instead of an isolated suspect. Is, is the view, the justification for that? Because they didn't see a dead
1: body? Is that what's happening? Why, why, why? Just why?
0: Yeah, who knows? I don't know where, I don't know where they got that uh, point from, uh, but that's what I've heard in so far as like explaining it.
1: I, I want you to go back and think about the, intense story of the of the selfless cop who is searching for the fucking key if only he could get the key he just can't get in because there's no key and he talks about multiple key rings that are presented to him from janitors where he's just desperately trying keys on the door none of them will open it he has three different key rings presented to him as he says 10 pound key rings
0: I just think that it would be ridiculous that within even 10 minutes of that, you wouldn't go find a phone and call, like literally call for more backup.
1: Well, no, they did because as you can see in the footage, more and more cops continue to show up.
0: But that narrative of it being just him looking for a fucking key, him and a handful of janitors, bullshit.
1: That's the first image you get. From the Texas Tribune article. Again, prior to that...
0: Texas Tribune, you on blast.
1: Prior... No, I'm not blasting Texas Tribune. I'm just saying what they published later becomes demonstrably untrue. And that was an interview with Aaron Dondo, who has since gone into hiding. And Forbes published this on July 1st. Texas Department of Public Safety Director Stephen McCraw had testified... I don't believe, based on the information we have right now, that the door was ever secured. He, meaning the shooter, didn't have a key, and he could not lock it from the inside. In fact, I oh. have great reason to believe it wasn't secured. There is no way for this su- uh, subject to lock himself inside from the inside without a key.
0: Well, so there's that. Fuck, man. This whole, uh, you know, it's it's hard enough to think about without having to have this extra layer of uh, betrayal by route of incompetence, you know, in a situation where it's needed most.
1: If you watch the video, you will see what looks like a bunch of overgrown schoolboys wearing tactical gear, fiddling with it, fiddling with their guns, and literally ballistic, anti-ballistic shields. That are cowering down a call, uh, down a hallway when they actually start to sort of organize to go down the hall to take out the shooter. Aaron Dondo's off the hook, I guess, right now because two new bad guys in public opinion have emerged from this video. The guy who gets either uh, ironically or jokingly or seriously gets Hand sanitizer from across the hallway. Uh, the hand sanitizer guy, or the uh, the guy who's just scrolling on his phone, which has a Punisher background on mm.
2: it, mm.
1: has become the bad guy. There are stories circulating right now that the the Punisher background phone guy. Uh, it's his wife who was a school teacher and. He was looking for messages from her, right? Right. I don't know, confirm that she's bleeding out and dying. She, she did actually die on the way to the hospital, uh, after they uh, took down the shooter.
0: Damn. Levels of it there.
1: I don't even believe that. Yeah. I mean, maybe I, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. I have no reason to believe it.
0: I mean, at this point, at this point, I can believe all kinds of shit. I could believe that there was in that footage, one of the cops, uh, you know, making like a gun was his dick and he was jerking off with it. Like, you know, you, you talk about like all these guys just milling about. I mean,
1: I saw waves and fist bumps.
0: Uh, and, oh yeah. That's cool. Right on. I would wonder if in the audio somewhere, somebody was uh making sure Jerry can get to the picnic this weekend.
1: Look, you now, know, I I mean, I honestly, it makes me wonder if there's something in the water at Uvalde, but also that was the first thought I, I had when they were first reporting on it. Well, after I first heard about it, the grandmother uh, of the shooter that initially got shot in the face with an AR. She's she's 66 years old. She just got released from the hospital. She's going to be okay. Jeez. It's like she probably should have died right there on the floor, but she crawled out of her house and waved down a neighbor who at that moment was observing the 18-year-old shooter getting into a pickup truck. Uh, struggling with the gears because this is a, a manual and he like I, I remember yeah the interview with him where he's just like I was just thinking yeah, he's not gonna go anywhere <laughs> but he did.
0: Oh oh he did. Yeah.
1: And uh yeah she crawled out and asked him for help and he got her to the hospital. But it's at the end of the day it's <laughs> where to assign blame. It's it's not Punish your phone guy Or Hand Sanitizer Guy. Or... Arredondo?
0: Arredondo is his name. Arredondo. Oh. Arredondo is his name Oh,
1: It's easy to assign blame to to individuals for a systemic issue. Uh, Obviously, the police force takes up an increasing...
0: Okay. Go on.
1: An an increasing amount of uh, taxpayer budget. They become increasingly militarized... And
0: they are, they are part of systemic failures.
1: We need them because the world is becoming a more dangerous place and these shooters can be taken down by a good guy with a gun, which we absolutely expect to happen. And in this situation, at least 20 good guys with a gun. Couldn't quite manage to make it happen. Couldn't save any lives.
0: Yeah, it's it's just funny that there was a standoff between two systemic failures within the country.
1: 20 good guys who have guns. And also specialized training in how to deal with this exact situation. And bulletproof vests mm-hmm. and ballistic shields. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah, I mean... Uh, the the odds were definitely in their favor insofar as being equipped for a situation like this. I'm I, I'm sure they usually tout how highly trained and equipped they are. You know what I mean? And how they're they're so fucking dutiful to lay down their fucking lives for us. And they probably share that shit on Facebook about how every time I leave my home I don't know if it'll be the last. Children well, <laughs> playing motherfucker, like,
1: playing it playing it being soldiers. That's what it fucking looks like.
0: That's what it is. yeah,
1: but but as you say, two <laughs> sort of American points of contention standing off against each other, as you say, fund uh, fund fun the police, uh, militarize the police versus uh, a kid who legally purchased two AR15s, one the day after his birthday and the other one like a day later. Mm. As well as uh I don't know some three hundred and fifty rounds of ammo to go with those guns right just days just days before this fucking shooting and days after he was legal able to legally purchase uh all the all those guns and uh, all that ammo, yeah, if we're gonna blame a single person for this instead of a systemic issue, just fuck Ted Cruz altogether
0: uh all day every day, uh don't need a new reason, yeah.
1: Don't need Luke. You
0: got, you got a fucking, you got a long list of reasons to say that anyway. But, so yeah, throw this one in there.
1: Uh, you know, he's one of the really, really smart and compassionate and awesome people that we constantly put in charge of major decisions. And, uh, his, his first response was, there needs to be fewer doors in schools. Yeah. (laughs) Like one door, like one door in and one door out. Because he doesn't understand architecture that is hilarious. or fire hazards. A fucking,
0: a fucking dude looks at this situation and says, "You know what the problems are? Doors. Too many of them. It's
1: too many doors. <laughs> too many
0: doors. You got less doors. It's kind of, kind of less of a problem. We're
1: de- we're definitely not going to create a fire hazard or a situation. Look,
0: everybody, I'm We're in a
1: panic. People are doors. trampled or otherwise just channeled like cattle." Out a single door towards a shooter. We're definitely not going to do any of that. What we need is
0: fewer doors. I want to say that I am pro-door. I think Americans should be able to have as many doors as they want. But maybe we should reasonably limit the number of doors in public spaces to make public spaces safer. Like we could draft legislation to reduce the the prevalence of doors in society to make society safer maybe
1: hey i don't i'm with babe, that we keep yeah. having these mass shootings and i think the solution evades us time and time again and ted cruz is brave enough to bring up the door situation I'm in america glad
0: some fucking <laughs> idiot is saying it <laughs>
3: What did you learn in school today, dear little boy of mine? I learned that policemen are my friends I learned that justice never ends I learned that murderers die for their crimes Even if we make a mistake sometimes And that's what I learned in school today That's what I learned in school And what did you learn in school today, dear little boy of mine? What did you learn in school today, dear little boy of mine? I learned that war is not so bad. I learned about the great ones we have had. We fought in Germany and in France, and someday i might to get my chance. And that's what I learned in school today. That's what I learned in school. And what did you learn in school today, dear little boy of mine? What did you learn in school today, dear little boy of mine? I learned our government must be strong. It's always right and never wrong. Our leaders are the finest men, and we elect them again and again. And that's what I learned in school today. That's what I learned in school.
0: Okay, so moving on. There's still plenty of shit out there, and uh, uh, I think that you know we do have to talk about a year and a half later, uh, January 6th. This whole thing that happened. Do you remember this? You ever heard of this? January 6th?
1: Definitely don't think we ever covered it on the show.
0: No, we did a a pretty much an entire episode on it. It's called No, Here's the Thing. And uh, yeah, that (laughs) one's one's in the archive. Go get at it. Not behind the paywall. Well, so uh, lately, maybe you've heard that there's a whole committee having a whole lot of shit talk going over a lot of evidence uh, over what happened on January 6th to make sure that it's clear what the failures were and what is really the the cause of all this. Right.
1: And also to weaken Donald Trump politically uh, by making him culpable.
0: Look, if one thing leads to the other, that's not the committee's fault (laughs) Uh, because here's, here's some of the evidence and some of the findings that have been coming up Uh, some some fun stuff that we've heard about, right uh obviously we've got bill Barr uh saying that he said straight to trump's face like about uh election fraud in twenty twenty that it was bullshit, and Bill Barr refused to take any action to uh you know kind of deny the the claims of validity in that election, and then that's the reason he ended up leaving but uh of course we got uh a few people that have threads through here, we have Mark Meadows, Rudy Giuliani, and Ginny goddamn Thomas. All of these people have... Uh, there's a whole lot of records about all of these people leading up to January 6th planning and organizing and fomenting and all of these things. And as it's happening, uh, Ginny Thomas especially, really just a real God-fearing lady, that one. She's really worried about the left destroying America. So she literally once the government overthrown
1: guys, Jenny Thomas is Clarence Thomas's wife. He's a Supreme court justice.
0: Should have mentioned that. And, uh, Clarence Thomas, who has sat in on some of the Supreme court cases, uh, that, you know, about the 2020 election. So there's been that there's been, uh, you know, when it comes to Mark Meadows, he's also talked about seizing voting machines. Uh, he's one of the people that has asked for a pardon, in all of this, uh, there was a, an aide to Mark Meadows that had testified and made a big ripple whenever she talked about Trump being king baby and throwing tantrums all over the place, uh, including in, you know, a vehicle trying to grab the steering wheel, trying to go to the march at the Capitol and
1: also throwing ketchup. And also, at the wall.
0: what I have written here is the ketchup incident. Uh, I really love this view of gold wallpaper, you know, and (laughs) and ketchup and then a a shattered porcelain plate and maybe just a McDonald's napkin to really kind of drive it home. Yeah, he he got so enraged that he like threw his lunch against the fucking wall or whatever. Um, You know, during this time, there is also, he is quoted to say about the uh, hanging of Mike Pence that everyone was calling for. He had said, Maybe they, maybe he deserves it. Maybe they have the right idea. Maybe he does. And when asked about security and trying to authorize security, he he was like, "Look, you've heard them. They're not here for me." So admitting, he's like, he "Yeah, they're he, angry, but they don't want me." So, they're not you know, here to hurt. They're not here to me. hurt me, right? So you got all that. You also have uh, some interesting things about missing information. We got about seven hours of missing call logs. We haven't really seen that since Nixon and Watergate. You have uh, Meadows, who has been said that he was caught burning some documents in a, in a fireplace in the White House a couple days later.
1: You you can't even compare this to Watergate.
0: And you have this is so much oh no, worse. Watergate's fucking be. nothing. And Watergate
1: is nothing.
0: It's. It came out that not only was uh, Trump destroying documents right around January 6th, but he also just has a history of it for his entire time in the White House. Sometimes people, some of the stuff submitted to the committee as evidence is all scotch taped together by people who pulled it out of the trash and put it back together. Yeah, we talked Um, about that. And they also frequently had clogged toilets and would find wads of paper down the plumbing what? from the fucking toilet fuck? can you imagine this dude just walking to the bathroom with a stack of papers like i'm gonna i'm gonna i gotta read these i gotta i gotta read these <laughs> he,
1: and he, then was just the he was clogging the white house toilets are you serious
0: white house toilets with his fucking oh evidence f- dude yeah yeah so okay that is all the stuff that's been coming out and then of course we had a this last, most recent one, a uh, guy that was in, in it with the Oath Keepers who parted ways with them, but lived, lived with them and, and everything and followed them around for a while. And I think might have been president at uh, the whole January 6th thing. But yeah, he's he's had his come to Jesus moment. And uh, so he's spilling the, the beans. He's sling, slinging the dirt, sipping the tea, whatever.
1: You know, I got to tell you, when we talked about this so long ago, two years ago, I was like, I'd love to know what Trump and the whole administration was doing during the January 6th rise. Right. And.
0: Turns out it was, it was kind of a lot like a bunch of cops at the end of a hallway, just kind of fiddling with their guns or whatever.
1: We had a long wait. And I still don't know what exactly Trump was doing. I just know that he was really disappointed (laughs) that he couldn't go down there and He's
0: fucking he was the vehicle on, be there he was looking back and forth from his television to his phone to his fucking diet coke uh, those were the only things he was paying attention to while he was yelling over people probably and throwing fucking tantrums and generally losing his shit i would imagine I
1: mean, we're like, hearing, I think we're hearing Mark Meadows and a lot of other people were, like, kind of on their phones a lot and unresponsive. Yeah. But during the time it happened, there were probably a lot of people hoping or calling for the National Guard
0: oh, yeah, <laughs> to no. come save them. One thing was, um, yeah, Mike Pence was not the only one asking for reinforcements or, or any kind of security to arrive.
1: The very fact that Mike um, Pence took executive control and mm-hmm. called the national card yeah is maybe was, illegal like a, he's not he's not qualified i guess or like it's not his place to do that
0: there was a moment where um somebody that i think was an aide to pence or just somebody in the administration said mike pence is calling for the pentagon he wants this put down now <laughs> and mark meadows said back to him Look, we can't have the narrative be about Mike Pence calling the shots. Just straight like politician to the fucking end. Like, look, the narrative is not about Mike Pence. He doesn't get to make the decisions here. Okay. Uh, I will tell the president, uh, what Mike Pence is asking for and we'll go from there is essentially what Mark Meadows said when Mike Pence asked for the fucking Pentagon. So that's an interesting one. That is Mark Meadows basically aiding and abetting and, and just letting it all play out. And uh, yeah, There is also, you know, a few other things, uh, interesting shit about like election night and Sean Hannity taking basically direct orders from Mark Meadows on, you know, what to slant and everything else. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So there's, there's a little bit of, you know, Bringing in media, hey. right wing media, to this, which I think is also good. The you trial's
1: know, not over be... yet. There is an there is the a trial has
0: started. This is nothing.
1: There's an airing of grievances, which I will <laughs> honestly continue to follow. I I don't know if it will result in any justice, but hopefully, will derail a few people's careers.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tricky thing to think about. You know, in this line between hating the government, as I kind of do, um, I'm 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 mainly only resentful of uh, the government writ large here in America, and especially all the all the top players of it. Right? They're, f- they're fucking useless. Um, and I have to rely on them to see to it that justice is done. That that this place and that our future is safeguarded in some way, and that a lesson is learned here, and that accountability is had. Yeah, that's fucking rough. Because that is that's what I want to see, and I look at the people trying to execute that, and I'm like, fuck, man, I never trust you for anything, you know. So, how is this going to play out in the long run? I don't know. Uh, Republicans are already planning their. Rebuttal or some shit, and they're they're <laughs> they planning so on. so many
1: opportunities for that. They're on
0: ways to basically, you know, they I, had so many opportunities to insert
1: propaganda into this.
0: Oh, they've done it every time. Um, and they
1: didn't. They they didn't want to be involved. They didn't want to point any Trump loyalists. Well,
0: I mean, that's easy for them because they know that the propaganda is going to get them fucking nowhere, and they're going to lose for these whatever these hearings are, they will not come out good if they're actually involved in it. Well, they know Trump they've got nothing to bring that to the table. So there's no one there table. to
1: defend him.
0: Right. So now some people are saying that the loyalists like MTG, your Gateses, your Hawleys, your Tucker Carlsons, like everybody, you know, they're they're trying to figure out how to kind of reshape the GOP post this and make sure that they oust and ostracize Uh, anybody that is disloyal to the Trump party so we see how this dude was in office for four years and already there's an even worse cancer inside the cancer that is the GOP
1: yeah Uh, stupidity, chaos, uh, willful ignorance.
0: <laughs> hey, come on, put a little more pep in that step when you say all that.
1: Humanity is Those- not all
0: bad. This is this is our bread and butter on our show. Come on.
1: I just wanted to talk about uh, some um, cooperation, collaboration in and genius in uh, accomplishing something just great and unprecedented for humanity, which is. The James Webb Telescope, the first images were just released. Uh, This telescope is a million miles from Earth. It was launched six months ago on Christmas Eve.
0: Mm -hmm. Like all great Doctor Who specials.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And they they have just released the first images, which are captivating
0: and beautiful. they're they're wild. They're wild. They're really good. I'm seeing a lot of people make the comparisons of what we had seen thus far, and then what the James Webb is getting. Um,
1: yeah, I've seen some TikToks where they would zoom out from a like a Hubble image. Or sorry, I, I guess zoom in to a Hubble image and show deep, deep space and uh, an area of the universe that is previously unseen. It's beautiful. It's astonishing that we were able to accomplish this. Obviously this is a, uh, the antecedent to the James Webb is the Hubble, uh, which has been around for what? Shit, like most of our 50, lives.
0: Six, I want to say like 50 years. I don't know when they put the Hubble out there.
1: I don't know if that's true, but uh, our, our conscious lives, the Hubble has been around. This is way bigger than the Hubble. It's way more technologically advanced. What you might not know is that the Hubble, when it was first launched back in uh, 1990.
0: Oh, okay.
1: 1990 is when the Hubble was launched.
0: Surprisingly, I was not paying attention to space at that time in my life.
1: That's pretty crazy. That's
0: prime time.
1: Well, the Hubble almost didn't happen. It was a failure and an embarrassment for NASA back in nineteen ninety nine, uh, back in nineteen ninety when it was gonna, first launched. Wait,
0: how are you gonna get embarrassed about a satellite you launch?
1: Because it cost, <laughs> because it cost a billion dollars, and
0: yeah, it's a fucking satellite. What do you want? Like,
1: it is a space telescope, and the first images that came back were blurry. Were shitty. They were shitty. Yeah. And that's because the uh like the lens, which is eight feet wide, was two microns off of being the perfect lens.
0: Oh. And a micron is how much exactly?
1: I don't I can't tell you that, but I can tell you that a, a single piece of paper is a hundred microns.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. At, okay. uh, an
1: eight feet wide lens yeah. was two microns off, and, and so the images were coming back blurry.
0: They're getting nearly subatomic, I think.
1: So for three years after the launch, it was a, a, a failure and an embarrassment. However, it's the Hubble was close enough that they could send astronauts out into space to basically put glasses on the Hubble. Mm-hmm. They were able to correct the image. Uh, they
0: went with, out there with LASIK lasers. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Not the kind of lasers we thought we'd have in space, but this is what it is.
1: So most of the images we have of space come from the Hubble. The James Webb is way bigger than the Hubble. It's way farther, so it had to be perfect. Mm-hmm. No astronauts can just go, go up there and fix it right. <laughs> if, if it's not perfect. It is so big that it can't be launched into space in the configuration that it currently is. So they basically had to design like an origami lens uh, or or uh, like it has to be origami glass so that it can unfold itself in mm. space once it's been launched. Right? Right. They have been working on this since the mid 90s. Oh, also, because it uses infrared, it has to uh, be kept light-free. So there's a giant sunscreen around it the size of a uh, tennis court. It has to be kept cold as hell. I guess hell is usually hot. It has to be kept cold as fuck. Okay. (laughs) And they've been working on it since the mid-'90s. It started as a proposition for a billion-dollar project. Since the mid-90s, it has ballooned into like 8 billion. It is currently at negative 380 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, which it has to be at in order to function. Because of infrared, any heat would interfere with the images that it's collecting, uh, and they would come back blurry. So far beyond the Earth, a million fucking miles. Because it's so far away, we cannot mend it.
0: <laughs> so it's just what it is.
1: Any space debris that hits it, which two pieces of space debris have already hit it.
0: Mhm. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh it's it's good to have those great feats of ingenuity and curiosity still fucking kicking and getting better.
1: The genius that it took to create something that would actually work, it's unfucking believable and literally tomorrow an asteroid could hit it yeah. and it'll be nothing.
0: It'll be gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Light years are not just a measurement of distance. <laughs> they're also a measurement of time.
0: Right. Cuz light it took 13 billion years 13 for the light billion years. It's a it's a glimpse into the distant past.
1: It is. Yeah. And in fact, a distant past that's not too far from the entire Big Bang. Yeah within a billion years of the actual big bang, the start of the universe. Yeah. There's a part of me that thinks there's no fucking way we should be able to do this because we are so fucked up.
0: <laughs> You're absolutely right. How yeah. did
1: we do this? And yeah. And sometimes it feels like the Eloys and the, the, uh, more <laughs> you oh,
0: know, right, 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 right.
1: And I'm, I'm feel like I feel like I'm dwelling with the Morlocks, like, te- like Ted Cruz, <laughs> the people that we choose to represent us and make choices about our lives are the fucking Morlocks, mm-hmm. but they're also approving funding for the Elocks to, exp- uh, the Eloys to explore space. I don't know. It's fucked up. I don't know. What do you think about it?
0: Um, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I think that it's uh phenomenal and almost uh unfathomable. You know what I mean to to consider uh what we're actually seeing from this telescope and and what that means uh for us and our accomplishments and <laughs> I hadn't thought about it in the way of contrasting it with other parts of humanity when you try to look at us as a as a as a whole, you know. I, just feel, uh,
1: I feel so despondent sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, but I, th- I think that it is good to to remember how, not just how far we've come, but also, like, I think that there's something to think about how, not how long it's taken, but in a way. Because you look into the past and, like, great civilizations and understandings have been around for a long fucking time. Mm-hmm. But, like... Uh, ideas that we have to this day from like uh the old western world like that's from thousands of fucking years ago Mm. you know like uh you have to consider like i guess the learning curve (laughs) when we're all doing all of this shit for the first time society we've been doing for the longest time and that's the thing we can't get right
1: we've talked about tonight. (laughs) I'm sorry. If, if defund the police scares the fuck out of you, a stop and ask what have the police ever actually done for me personally? Just think about that for a second. Mm -hmm. B if defund the police freaks you out, how about reduce the escalation, the annual escalation of funding for the police? Mm -hmm. Maybe think about that. Yeah. Could we do that? Yeah. I don't know
0: yeah it's it's that time where we're just kind of like at our wits end so it's time to get off the mic before we start yeah. getting too yeah. dark uh thanks everybody for listening to the show um it has been a rough one it's been some rough times get at us if you want to talk about what we talked here or kind of just anything in general maybe you're going through a hard time and you enjoy the show and we're all that keeps you the the faith going for you who knows that's <laughs> There's no way that's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, thanks to KBSR for having us on the show and giving us uh, a chance to face the darkness. Uh, thanks to all of our Patreon community and everybody. Thanks to Trevor and the Mental Safe Fair for giving us that theme song "Diner in Texas. Thanks to Alex Cuervo of Espectrostatic for a lot of stuff that you're going to hear here and there. And, uh, hey, th- thanks Jen for, uh, for doing the show with me again. I know Oops. I'm, I'm, i maybe the push here. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a hard thing for us to do sometimes.
1: Thank you, Joe. And thank you to all the cheese bags. So tell my brother, it's